Hello, my name is Kassan Johnson. This is my sister, Asia. She graduated from Central State. I was about to say Red State, but... I graduated from both, so it works. Okay, so she graduated from both, so, you know, the works is works. And today, we're going to be talking about how prison inmates get... Well, basically how prison inmates get, get tortured in prison by, you know... Or how they get treated in prison by the guards. You know, the prison guards treat the prison inmates and stuff like that. So, yeah. Let's dive into the subject. Let's get to it. So, before I even ask you this, let me ask you, what do you feel... How do you feel about prison inmates in general? You know, I think that we all go through different walks of life. And I think some people... You know, they may have grown up in unfortunate circumstances that may have caused them to do things that, you know, others may not even imagine themselves doing, such as crimes or committing uh, acts of violence. And so when I think of uh, prison inmates, I somewhat feel bad for them just because, you know, we don't know people's stories. So we don't really know what led them up to that point of being incarcerated. And so... You know, at the same time, you know, you want to look and say, you know, they did something wrong. They need to be locked away. But I also think it's important to look back at what caused them to get to this point and how can we make changes before, you know, they're put in prison. So that's how I would answer that question. Okay, cool, cool. And I would say my answer is basically, you know, we're all people. You know, some people make mistakes, some, you know, bigger than others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people, they do go to jail. And just because I feel like that you went to jail doesn't make you a bad person. It's just, you know, you made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And you're, you know, when you made a mistake as a child, you got punished for it. This is your punishment. But I don't think you should, you know, exceed more punishment onto that punishment that you're getting Mm -hmm. like unnecessary punishment right oh right exactly so i mean there's always a line that that you have to draw you know they're being incarcerated like you said that's their punishment now the the extra stuff that comes on top of that is what you know it's just not right right because during my research in this project Mm -hmm. i found that many other inmates in there in different areas different countries and different states and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's all the same they all experience the same it was this one prison i forget where it was mm-hmm. but it was when i read the article it was several guards it stated that several guards held down one inmate mm. and they was beating him mm-hmm. and they was beating him so bad that you know he was yelling screaming asking for help and that made the other inmates stand up Mm-hmm. But the other inmates was in their cell, so they right. were standing up trying to help, trying to watch, and mm-hmm. trying to get people's attention. Like, hey, this is going on. He's getting beat. Mm-hmm. And after the beating, they put him back in his cell, and they didn't give him no type of help whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. And they just did that for fun. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and I, like just imagine the the hopelessness that the inmate must feel when things like that happen because, you know, they're already under surveillance 24-7, right. and then they're being mistreated. Well, they're under surveillance and they can't do anything, you know, outside of a guard's control. So when a guard abuses their authority and is abusing them, they still can't do anything about it. And, you know, I think that this is this this issue has been like 
kind of closed off from society to a certain extent. Like, people know that it's happening, but we just, I feel like, you know, it's kind of swept under the rug. You yeah. know, people really, they know what's happening, but they're like, you know, what what can I really do about it? Exactly. And when you say sweeping under the rug, it's more, I want to say, people with the authority and the power that sweeps it under the rug. Because mm-hmm. when I was doing this project, is this this is actually in my project. This is actually in an article that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Well, not an article, the paper that I wrote. Mm-hmm. It stated that this one guy, can't remember his name off it. He was being, I guess, detained and about to get and about to be taken to a cell. Mm-hmm. And him and another officer was having, I guess, an argument back and forth, which is you know freedom of speech. You can you're able to say your rights and all that. And out of nowhere, this other officer, this other guard, slams him into the door. Doors open. The door opened, and the inmate fell and hit his head on the on the edge of a mm. desk. And you know he's on the ground. He's unable to get up because you know he's cuffed mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And the guard starts dragging him by his handcuffs mm. into a room. And as he's doing this, you can see blood just you know dripping from his head to the mm-hmm. floor mm-hmm. from the floor to the bench that they put him on right they made him stand up they took off his pants sat him into a chair and left him in a room for like 90 minutes until someone came and got him right so and that happened some years ago this wasn't recent that mm-hmm. happened some years ago they just you know hit the video so no one would see right. what had happened so mm-hmm. that's why i mean mm-hmm. you said about sweep under the rug right that it's mm-hmm. more the people with the authority that's doing it. And mm-hmm. I feel like as, you know, as a people, we should, like, stand up and say, hey, this, ain't, this is not right. Because, you know, mm-hmm. that's somebody, family member, brother, sister, exactly. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they should get treated like... A human. Right, a human being. Right. And, you know, I think uh, social media has actually done a good job at highlighting some of these, like, injustices that these... Uh, criminals quote-unquote criminals that you know people will call them that they face in in the prisons um for example i can't remember where exactly but um a few months back there was a protest for a specific prison and actually one of the uh stars from the tv show love and hip-hop the reality show love and hip-hop yandy she was like at the forefront of this uh protest and they were protesting um because the prisoners it was cold during this time and it was winter of course and so the prisoners were not giving given heat in mm-hmm. the facility and so somehow you know this was brought to to light and brought to the attention of people on the outside and so they you know formed a group and they all met outside the prison and was you know demanding that they speak to an administrator at the prison and that they you know turn the heat on that they give you know, these prisoners, you know, basic human rights, you know, can I have some heat? Can I have right. a blanket or, right. you know, something, you know, you know, like, like we said earlier when we first started this, you know, they committed a crime, but geez, like, do you have to right. strip them of all what is just and right? I just, I, I don't agree with that at all. Exactly. Cause it's like, you're treating them like they're, I want to say Monster, like animals, but yeah, yeah, animal, treat them like animals, yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like you're un- like actually, they treat them like if they're 
less than an animal because you know right. how you have sympathy for an animal they treat mm. them with no sympathy Good at point. all whatsoever Good point. Good like point. if i see a dog like cold i'm gonna you know bring them inside give them mm-hmm. a blanket but they treat them like hey yo right you fend for yourself you're mm-hmm. a grown man you feel me right yeah and it's it's just it's just really unfortunate that people in power abuse it right. and then they just wonder why trust in all american institutions is declining like there's just there's just no trust. Like people in authority don't care, you know that just trickles down. You know then the exactly. people stop caring, and then once the people stop caring, then the communities crumble. And when the communities crumble, that's when crime starts. And you know it's just a cycle. It's it's a cycle. And yep. you know I definitely think that there needs to be more done. You know going in and evaluating the status of these uh, prisons, how they operate who's in charge. I mean, I think that there needs to definitely be some type of step-by-step process in which these prisons are evaluated to ensure that, you know, people that are there are at least treated with some some amount, you know, some dignity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Okay, so let's say you're visiting... A prison, mm-hmm. right? You're visiting a prison. You go in there, mm-hmm. and you see a guard just going to inmate cell, dragging him out, and just start beating him for no reason. Mm-hmm. What would you do in that situation? So, first of all, let me just say, like, I would be completely terrified walking in a prison. Just generally, like, I just, you know, I would be terrified. But to see something like that, you know, that's horrifying. You know, um, I would definitely um, take it up with the administrators of the prison. You know, I think a lot of things have to be done formally. So, you know, you can't just like barge into the office. I mean, you right. could, you could, but, you know, I don't know if you would get the the response that you were expecting in, in that yeah. moment. So I have found that, you know, doing or formally documenting incidents that are, that you have witnessed can probably hold more weight than you just barging in like you know I just seen this this is what happened and um I think with that you can uh you can probably digest what what you saw and you can uh explain how that made you feel and just more be, be more composed when you submit your your complaint and I think you will be taken more seriously than, you know, and I don't, I don't mean to, to play the, the race card, but, um, if a black woman just barges into an administrator's right. office of a prison and say, I seen this, they're just going, girl, you crazy. Right, they exactly. be crazy. So, you know, I think more, more things have to be documented so that, you know, people can see, and then there's a paper trail. And I think if more people started doing that, you know, take things up with um, with legislators in, in your in your state and, you know, the, that paper trail, you know, they can't ignore, can't ignore everyone. Uh, but, you know, most of the time when you go in and make a verbal complaint, it goes in one ear and not the other. Exactly. When you write it down, you know, it's there. And if they try to ignore it, you can say, uh-uh, on this date, I came and filed a complaint and this is still going on. Leaves a paper trail, so that that helps an investigation if an if an investigation were were to take place, because they can see that issues have been documented over time, 
nothing has been done about it. So that may make change happen more rapidly than okay. just verbally, com- I don't want to say complaining, but... Right. Yeah. So you think that as a as a community, mm-hmm. to get this out more and mm-hmm. get people's eyes open to this and getting people aware that, hey, this is happening, mm-hmm. we should do that. Right. I okay. think, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, social media has definitely been a driving force in getting this issue on, on the forefront. Um, you know, word travels quickly by the internet you know we see videos i don't know how video you know inside the prisons we see videos of these things happening so people are are more aware of what's what's going on because of uh social media and i think when you see it for yourself it makes you want to take action because it's different when you hear about these injustices happening to prisoners but it's different when you see it because then you you feel, you know, some people may feel, have a feeling of, like, pulling at the heartstrings. Like, oh, man, I can't believe this is happening. Let me do something right. to try and fix the problem. Yeah, most definitely. And, uh, you know, just another question. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just going with the questions <laughs> right now. Going with the questions. All right, so let's say you have a family member that's incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And you got word, you know, information that he is being mistreated mm-hmm. while incarcerated. How would that make you feel, like, as a person? That that would be devastating. I mean, I think it's hard enough to have a loved one who is away from you, who you can't access whenever you want to. And, you know, you always worry that something may be happening to them. But to actually know that something is happening to them and to know that you can't just immediately jump and do something about it. Exactly. That has to be extremely hard for any family who has someone uh, who is incarcerated. I can't really imagine what, what that would feel like. But, and I really don't know in that, in that moment what, what you would do. I think that would be the time when you kind of barged into the administrator's office yeah. because it's more personal then. Like it's yeah. it's more personal and you and you want to make sure that you know your loved one is safe. Exactly. You know, prison is already a scary place. Like you got to worry about other inmates. It's crazy that you have to worry about the people who are supposed to manage them, you yeah. know? So Oh, and uh yeah. Like, my favorite show when I was a kid was Beyond Scare Straight. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about that show when you asked me to do this podcast. Yeah, because it was just, you know, it talked about the real, the real life situations and what really happened in prison. Right. In prison. And if you even watch the show, they even tell you themselves that, hey, we do this to ourselves. Right. The guards do it. The guards don't care. Right. You know, they just here to watch us. Sometimes the guards, you know, they do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like instead of all that of the show, because the show was really based on, hey, this is what happens if you make these bad decisions, right. these bad crimes. I think it was also, you know, the inmates trying to get their voice out saying, hey, this happens. Can we get help? And right. I think no one really paid attention to that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just, you know, keep that in mind. Right. Definitely agree. And that's that show was definitely a wake up call because it kind of brought 
us uh, free civilians into into that world but yeah. you know for TV purposes they can't really show, show exactly what's going on yeah. you know so it, it, it's rough like I can't really figure out another way to describe it it has to be rough and I couldn't imagine being in in inmate shoes dealing with that like you know always ha- constantly having to watch your back and people who are supposed to be there to provide some sort of protection and order are the ones causing the pain mm-hmm. it's it, it's just ridiculous it, it's exactly. ridiculous and you know in the beginning uh you asked me what i thought about these prisoners and you know i told you that you know i feel you know empathetic towards them in a in a way but i think it's also important you know once prisoner or once you know ex-cons you know once they're released I think it's it, it's so good when they do good. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it has to you have to break the cycle. So, you know, if these ex-cons who, you know, have witnessed what goes on on the inside come out and are willing to speak out about, you know, maybe what they saw or what they endured, exactly. you know, that could bring another perspective. But I know also know that once people get out, they just want to forget Right. Whatever happened on the, on the inside, it, you feel me? Because traumatizing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I got another question. Okay, so let's say. Okay, so how do you feel about the pedophiles, the rapists, mm-hmm. and the murderers? Because they're they're inmates too. How do you think they should get treated? You think they should still get the beatings and stuff like that? That's a good question. Or you feel me? They should get treated as well. As a human being as well. Even though they did the, you know, utmost, downright, mm-hmm. dirtiest thing in the world. Right. You're getting into my uh, morals here. All right. And what I, what I personally, personally think. Oh, man, that's a, that's a tough question. Because I know the politically correct answer <laughs> is to say, you know, they did the crime, but they're being punished for it. I don't want to come out and say that anyone deserves to get violently assaulted exactly. in any way. You know, I, I don't want to just come out and say that, but I feel like as, you know, a guard in a prison, you have a job. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there are just too many instances where people in power abuse it. And yeah. so I just... I just don't condone that aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, now if another prisoner were to, you know, yeah. you know them, them two duke it out or whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, I don't want to say that's fine, but I just, I just hate the thought of someone abusing their power. Exactly. I, I just really, I hate the thought of that. Um, but you know, those people, they're going to get what they got coming to them. Rapist, the pet, like they—they're gonna get what they got coming from, for them. But I just don't think that that abuse needs to come from someone in power. Exactly. Now, if you was to ask me mm-hmm. this type of question <laughs> before I did this project, I would completely say they get what they deserve. Right. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm gonna say, hey, let them get beat, let them get killed, let them get all that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that because mm-hmm. you know before That's this project, right. that was that was you know. But I was not taught, but, you know, that was just my perspective. Mm-hmm. But after this project and doing the research and doing all this, I'm a, you know, my perspective has changed. And I'm going to say 
even for the rapists, you know, child molesters and killers and stuff like that. I'm going to just say, instead of beating, hitting, torturing them, I'm going to just say, give them the help mm-hmm. they deserve. Because they're ill. They're mentally sick. Because it mm-hmm. takes a sick person to do that. Right. So That's a good point. You feel me? Just give them the help they deserve. They should get, you know, treatment for the mm-hmm. stuff they did and mm-hmm. treatment for that stuff so they can come become better as a person. Right. And, you know, that's how the community gets better. That's how we get better better as people. Just give them the help that they deserve. Because, you know, just keeping them in prison is just going to help. You know, just keeping them in prison is just going to mess them up more right. mentally. Because, right. you know, when you go to prison, you get messed up mentally. And if you are messed up mentally, that's not going to help right. at all. So to add I, fuel to the fire. You feel me? And so they should just, you know, get help for that. So while they're incarcerated, they should be like, you know, get treatment. For, exactly. You know, like, hey, don't do this again and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's yeah. my perspective. Yeah, and you know, some prison or uh, I don't know, I would say most prisons have like, you know, programs mm-hmm. in you know in there where inmates can can go and get the that help that you're that you're talking about. Exactly. And I think that is so key because you know, especially once these inmates are released into right. freedom. They've been so, you know, some of them have been uh, disconnected for so long that exactly. it's hard for them to, you know, get back into the flow of how things are on the outside. You know, right. They have a hard time navigating. Uh, you know, they can't find jobs because they have that ex-con stigma. Right. You know, it's just, it's it's so difficult for them. And I don't think that we, we think about that. I think it's important to look at the factors that brought them to that point of incarceration and also... While you're incarcerated, what are you doing to make sure that this individual can have some sort of, you know, an improved life once they once they get out? That's right. the only way to kind of to break that cycle. But I know mm-hmm. that your focus for this podcast is the treatment that they're facing in prison. So I didn't mean to get off on a oh, no, tangent you're, there. You're straight. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's see. Let's see what's going on. Ooh, 22. Actually, it was really supposed to be three to five minutes. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're at 22. Okay, so, uh, well, we've been going. This yeah. is a heavy topic, I see. Yeah, you know, it's just it's, this topic can't take three to five minutes. Some others can, but this can't. You can actually take talk about this for like 30 minutes to mm-hmm. an hour, but we're not going to do that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks this for is, having me, Kassan. You know, this is my sister, Asia, graduated from Central and Wright State. And, you know, see you later.